Welcome to the Liberty Leadership in Lies with Larry Linton podcast. For those of you who are new listeners, this podcast will be about exactly what the title implies. We will discuss the state of liberty in our republic today and how it is being eroded by the very institution that was created by our founding fathers to protect it, which is the government that now hates us. We'll also discuss the many different types and styles of leadership that exist today, but more frequently we'll talk about how our republic is best served by true servant leadership in elected office. On the topic of lies, we will discuss the many pervasive lies that are told in society today, and not only by our government, but their willing partners in the news media, social media, and tech sectors. These lies, they're designed to rob us of our liberty and destroy our trust in and reliance on the founding principles of our nation and its constitution. I will also use a portion of each episode to discuss my election campaign to represent Tennessee's House of Representatives, District 12. And what I hope to accomplish with my campaign is just basically a couple of things. I want to bring to Nashville an example of what following an oath to the Constitution looks like. And this is based upon my 30 years of service to our nation in the United States Navy. Additionally, once I am in Nashville, I would like to restore the state's role as the creator of and the parent to the federal government. What a lot of people don't realize is that our federal government is not a party to our Constitution, but it is a product of the Constitution. And this Constitution is a charter between all of the states that empowers the federal government with certain and extremely limited powers, such as providing for the common defense and to regulate trade. We can also discuss any tactics or techniques the listeners may have in the fight to restore our nation's founding principles when engaging with what has apparently become the people's enemy over the course of generations now, and that is the government that, one, hates us, and two, only sees us as the means to obtain and maintain power. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. You can also subscribe to my blog there at the website. Additionally, even at the website, you can contribute to my campaign. You can find the podcast and the campaign on social media. Just search for Larry for TN12 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for the campaign info and Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Lynn for the podcast social media pages. I'm also on Telegram as Liberty Leadership and Lies. I will be recording the show either from the Goat Locker Studio in Sevierville, Tennessee, or on remote locations where my consulting business or election campaign takes me. So let's get started with this week's episode. We're back on the awesome topic of leadership this week. And in this episode, we'll discuss Christian leadership. On a programming note, there will be no supporter advertisements in this and possibly the next few episodes. I'm working things out with a listener support function at Anchor, as well as looking for paid sponsor advertisements for this podcast. I am extremely grateful for the listener support provided by Kathy, AJ, Glenn, Terry, and Sean all the way up until this point. And we are looking forward to bringing those wonderful supporters back on board here in the near future. In this week's discussion on leadership, we are going to talk about an opinion piece written by Megan Basham that I came across while reading the Daily Wire. Ever since this pandemic began, or more appropriately, since the government's response to the pandemic began, remember, two weeks to slow the curve, 
Anyway, people's daily lives, their normal routines, were interrupted on a scale never seen before in our republic. It ties closely into something we've discussed on this podcast before, and a topic my pastor has routinely given messages on since March of 2020. And it is the people's spiritual rhythm. In a blog post titled, The Main Reason Church Attendance is Slipping, written by Trevin Wax at the Gospel Coalition in September of last year, the author mentioned that many pastors are saying, I don't know what post-COVID church attendance looks like yet. The author also mentioned that some church leaders worry about long-time churchgoers either returning sporadically or altogether quit attending. The blog contains some interesting points, all of which I believe do play a part in attendance slipping, but I believe there is something more at work here. And this something has to do with faith leaders in our country and around the world, their leadership and their influence. Specifically, some of the spiritual leaders in our republic that allowed themselves to be used by the government. For what personal purposes and to what personal ends, that's yet to be seen. So, let's go over some of the best points in the article from the Daily Wire. It starts off with this fact. In September of 2021, a dean of Wheaton College, a Mr. Ed Stetzer, Wheaton College is an evangelical liberal arts college that was founded in 1860 and located in Wheaton, Illinois. The college is home to the Billy Graham Center, named for one of its most well-known graduates. I'm sure many of my listeners know exactly who Billy Graham was. Anyway, Dean Stetzer interviewed National Institute of Health Director Francis Collins on his podcast titled Church Leadership. If you're not too familiar with Mr. Ed Stetzer, he isn't just a professor, and his podcast is not just one of those run-of-the-mill podcasts, kind of like mine. His podcast has a very significant following, and he's also the director of the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton College. One could say he holds a significant leadership role in the evangelical sphere of influence. He is also the editor-in-chief of Outreach Media Group, as well as previously served as the editor of Christianity Today. In addition to all that, he's also an executive director at Lifeway, one of the largest religious publishers in the world. He's also very well known for his own writing, authoring more than a dozen books on church planning and missions. So, we can safely assume that Dean Stetzer has some significant bona fides in the realm of Christian faith here in the United States of America, and likely around the world. And as the article states, we, being you and I, may not know his name, but our pastors most certainly do. Dean Stetzer is a leader with serious influence on Christian life in the United States of America. Anyway, the topic of that particular episode of his podcast was about why Christians who want to obey Christ's command to love their neighbors, should get the COVID vaccine. That's very weird, don't you think? Maybe not to some of you, but hear me out. Because that topic echoes something that came out of that cackling hyena's mouth, Kamala Harris, in July of last year, some three months before the podcast we're talking about. During a speech she gave in Detroit, she said, and I, well, I'm not even going to quote it for you. Let me play it for you. I do believe that the act of getting vaccinated is the very essence, the very essence of what the Bible tells us when it says, love thy neighbor. Right? That's eerily similar to what Dean Stetzer is reported as saying, huh? It's almost as if it is a coordinated government talking point. 
That brings to mind a funny meme I've seen rolling around out there right now. And the meme asks this question. What is the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth right now? Well, only about six months. Anyway, another explanation or reason behind a government official and a faith leader getting together to do a podcast for Christians can be found by going all the way back to 2008. It's back to when former President Obama, while in a primary battle with Hillary Clinton, mocked Christians who cling to their guns and religion. Well, that almost backfired against him during that campaign. And we know that communists despise religion and faith. They despise people that believe in any power higher than the government. So these communists, they learned a lesson by Obama's slip-up. They learned that they cannot mock Christians as a winning strategy, so they must co-opt them. Which I believe is the basis for why these two people, one, a leader within the Christian faith, and the other, a functionary of government. Actually, he was appointed by former President Obama. That's the reason why they got together on this podcast. Does that sound reasonable to you? Well, you all can always let me know your thoughts by emailing me or calling me. The email address is Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLives.com and the phone number is 865-393-7598. But back to that Dean Stetzer's podcast. They continued on with it and talked about how Christians should avoid indulging in misinformation. Which is why when Dean Stetzer, along with many other renowned pastors and ministry leaders who lent their platforms to Obama appointing Collins, was something worth taking notice of. During their discussion, these two men were not coy about the fact that they were asking pastors and ministers to act as the Biden administration's go-between with their congregants. Mr. Collins is quoted as saying on that podcast, I want to exhort pastors once again to try to use your credibility with your flock to put forward the public health measures that we know can work. Dean Stetzer, when talking about his conversations with pastors and ministers that do not feel comfortable preaching about COVID vaccines, he advises them to promote the vaccine through their own social media accounts. He advises them to post selfies when they get the vaccine, nudging their congregations to follow his lead in the vaccination arena. When their conversation turned to the area of masking children in schools, well, Mr. Collins was firm and stated, kids should be masked if they want to be in the classroom. To do anything else is to turn schools into super spreaders. Well, the good dean there, he just rolled over on that topic and he showed his soft underbelly, offering absolutely zero pushback, not even asking follow-up questions based upon differing views from medical experts that are publicly available. An important question Dean Stetzer never asked in the podcast was why convincing church members to get vaccinated or disseminating certain administration talking points should be the business of faith leaders at all. This podcast, Dean Stetzer's podcast, and his efforts to help further the government's preferred narratives on the pandemic, on vaccines, and on masking, went beyond simply giving Mr. Collins a softball venue to rally faith leaders to his cause. Dean Stetzer ended the podcast with the announcement that the Billy Graham Center would be formally partnering with the Biden administration. I guess separation of church and state only matters to the communists when it comes to educating children and such. He continued with the announcement that together with the NIH and the CDC, it, the Billy Graham Center, would launch a website to provide pastors and ministers access to resources and information they could share with their congregants. 
Access to resources and information from what source? Hmm. Also, in the early days of the pandemic, Dean Stetzer had published many essays regurgitating the government's arguments on conspiracy theories about the origins of the virus. And in those writings, he chastised people of faith for believing in and sharing information about how the coronavirus had leaked from the Wuhan lab. In fact, in a now-deleted essay, but nothing's ever deleted on the internet, and I wonder why he deleted it. It's those pesky why questions again. But the dean stated in this essay, and I quote, If you want to believe that some secret lab created this as a biological weapon, and now everyone is covering that up, I can't stop you. Well, don't you think that it is very strange, considering the evidence now emerging on NIH-funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? To hear a leader in the Christian community to instruct Christians to repent for the sin of discussing the now very plausible explanation that the virus had escaped from a Chinese laboratory? It's disgusting. I mean, it isn't rocket science to know that this virus was first discovered in a city in China, Wuhan, and that city had a virology lab that specialized in coronaviruses. And then it's not a far leap to come to the conclusion that it leaked from that lab. Here again, it is apparent that Dean Stetzer was simply following the lead of the government employee. Or maybe, just maybe, he was just doing the bidding of the government. A couple of days before Dean Stetzer published that essay I just mentioned, Mr. Collins participated in a live stream event co-hosted by the publication Christianity Times. That organization described Mr. Collins as a, quote, follower of Jesus who affirms the sanctity of human life, which is absolutely not true because Mr. Collins has gone on record with his belief, which is contrary to most pro-life people and organizations, that life does not begin at conception. Additionally, while Mr. Collins was at the helm of the National Institute of Health, his tenure was one marked by extreme anti-life and pro-LGBT policies. Now that doesn't sound like an accurate description of a follower of Christ in my mind. How about yours? Since he was described as a pro-life Christian, and that was designed to ensure that Mr. Collins received a hearing among the audience of people with deep convictions about the evil of abortion, I'm sure that the audience felt reassured that this agent of government was a medical expert of like mind, and that he was representing them and their beliefs in the administration. Oh, how they could not be more wrong. It was definitely a purposeful deception, of which leadership at Christianity Today and Dean Stetzer were well aware of. Heck, not just aware of, they took part in the deception. It was during the panel interview that government representative Collins insisted that the lab leak theory was unlikely. He also said that it, the lab leak theory, qualified for the most serious of social media labels. Misinformation. You know, those labels that get you banned or suppressed on social media. My personal Facebook page is still under a suspension for sharing a scientific study, not conducted in the United States, that runs counter to the government-approved narrative. In fact, Mr. Collins was just echoing his pal, Dr. Fraudchi's message that he had been giving to secular news outlets. But with the blessing of and suppression of Mr. Collins' actual beliefs, he was selected to deliver the message to people of faith by his willing accomplice, Dean Stetzer. Everybody from editors and writers down to the reporters of Christian media organizations, nobody questioned Mr. Collins at all on his statements. 
much like the fawning secular media treats their beloved Saint Anthony of Fraudgy. Certainly, the Gospel Coalition, the publication whose blog post I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, and a publication largely written for and by pastors, did not drill down into the facts Mr. Collins offered. Nor did they consider any conflicts of interest the NIH director might have had before publishing several essays that cited him as almost their lone source of information. One Gospel Coalition editor, a Mr. Joe Carter, tried to tie people that believe the lab leak theory to QAnon people. Much like the government and media are trying to tie COVID vaccine hesitant people to anti-vaxxers. It's all done in order to discredit or squash any critical thinking into the matter. Meanwhile, in the background of all this, Dr. Collins and St. Anthony of Fraudji were aware of and had been hearing from leading scientists around the world that believed the lab leak theory as well. Many of those same scientists believed that the virus was also a product of -of gain-of-function engineering. Engineering made possible with money from the NIH itself, which means our tax dollars. There is also ample evidence of contact through emails between those two government officials, Mr. Collins and St. Anthony of Fraudji, and friendly media, which is honestly about 99% of the media outlets today, and including Christian media contacts. Coordinating the message to discredit and suppress opinions that did not match the narratives they were promoting, such as questioning COVID's origins and the wisdom of masks and lockdowns. Lockdowns which, by the way, have been completely discredited here lately in a study conducted by Johns Hopkins University. What is surprising, or more like disheartening, and drives to the point of this episode on leadership is this. Dean Stetzer and other evangelical leaders did know that one of the most powerful bureaucracies in the world was calling on them to be ambassadors for truth, but only the government's truth. And it is apparent that these Christian faith leaders happily answered that call. The Gospel Coalition, Christianity Today, and Dean Stetzer were definitely not alone in these efforts of lending their credibility and influence over people of faith to Mr. Collins. There is a long and distinguished list of faith leaders who passed Mr. Collins their pulpits and their microphones to preach messages about getting vaccinated, wearing masks, and only accepting the government's narrative about the origins of the virus. The Southern Baptist Conventions, which is the largest Protestant denomination in the United States, Their own Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission featured a webinar with Mr. Collins and then Commission's head, Russell Moore. And this webinar largely focused on the importance of pastors convincing church members to get vaccinated, as well as talked about the topic of masks. With Russell Moore looking like a bobblehead doll and nodding approval, Mr. Collins held up a basic over-the-counter cloth mask and stated, This is not a political statement. He also said, this is not an invasion of your personal freedom. This is a life-saving medical device. Completely disregarding the science about cloth masks that have come to light here recently. But even as 2020 was coming to an end, the claim that cloth masks were effective was a point of contention among many medical experts. Noted hematologist-oncologist Dr. Vinay Prasad, who wrote in a publication as late as this month, stated, Now pay attention to this. He wrote, Public health officials, like Mr. Collins, 
have had a truth problem over the entire course of COVID, but especially when it comes to masks. He later went on to write, the only published cluster randomized trial of community cloth masking during COVID-19 found that cloth masks were no better than no masks at all. Even now, the CDC, as well as the so-called medical experts that serve as pundits on cable news shows, they are walking away from claims that cloth masks are worth much of anything. None of that matters, though, to the Christian leaders that were still providing Mr. Collins a platform to speak from. Even with information contradicting what Mr. Collins was saying was filtering, actually it was breaking through the bonds of the media overlords' suppression. This did not cause the Christian leaders like the good dean to question what they had allowed. It is amazing the number of pastors and ministers that were willing to take a bureaucrat's word, especially on matters that should have been left to Christian liberty. Instead, they allowed themselves to be twisted into tests of one's love for Jesus. It got even worse with this pushing of a government narrative pitted pastor against pastor. For example, former megachurch pastor Tim Keller, in his joint interview with Mr. Collins, it included a discussion where the two men agreed that churches like John MacArthur's, you may have heard of him, he is the pastor of Grace Community Church, and they recently won a massive settlement from the government after they defied COVID health orders. Good for him. But back to the webinar. These two criticized Pastor MacArthur, whose church continued to meet in person despite COVID lockdowns, and they said it represented the bad and ugly of good, bad, and ugly Christian responses to the virus. Even Saddleback Pastor Rick Warren had a special broadcast with Mr. Collins on behalf of the Health and Human Services. Again, I'm wondering where the communist screeches about the separation of church and state are in this instance. During the broadcast, he mentioned that he and Dr. Collins first met when they were both speaking at the annual World Economic Forum in Davos, the organization of billionaires and heads of state who gather annually in Switzerland. Listen to this clip about what those people at the World Economic Forum think of themselves. At Davos a few years ago, you know, the Edelman survey showed us that the good news is the elite across the world trust each other more and more. So we can come together and design and do beautiful things together. The bad news is that in every single country they were polling, the majority of people trusted that elite less. Yep, they think of themselves and call themselves the world's elite. Anyway, Pastor Warren and Mr. or Dr. Collins, oh no, I've been labeling an elite incorrectly. It will probably end up with this podcast being suppressed or something. But anyway, Pastor Warren and Dr. Collins reconnected recently at what is described in an off-the-record meeting. I wonder why it was off the record. But an off-the-record meeting between Dr. Collins and people that are described as key faith leaders. Pastor Warren did not even mention who convened that meeting or for what purpose that meeting was called. But given the striking similarity of Collins' appearance along all these leaders in the Christian faith, I believe we know the purpose, especially given what we are talking about today. These two then spent their interview decrying the Christians and their unloving behavior of questioning the efficacy of masks. Again, of course, that was before all the information of masks have now forced its way into the national conversation. 
they framed wearing masks as being obedient to Jesus. They are both quoted as saying, wearing a mask is the great commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Again, it's that same familiar theme. Goes back to old screeching hyena Kamala Harris, who's dropped more boxers than Mike Tyson. Anyway, Pastor Warren then went on to state that other pastors and ministers, leaders of other congregations, had an obligation, an obligation to convince their flocks, their churches, to completely accept. No questions or critical thinking allowed, except the government's narrative about COVID. He said, and here I'm going to quote him, Quote, let me just say a word to the priests and pastors and rabbis and other faith leaders. This is our job to deal with these conspiracy issues and things like that. One of the responsibilities of faith leaders is to tell people to trust the science. They're not going to put out a vaccine that's going to hurt people. (laughs) Really? This is despite the documented record that the government has and does put out vaccines that hurt people. The question, though, at the heart of the matter is this. Is it truly a pastor's job to tell church members to trust the science? Is it a pastor's job to insult and degrade other pastors who choose to handle shutdowns different than what the government tells them to do? Speaking of Pastor MacArthur's church, when it was making news and resisting the tyrannical overreach of the California governor's lockdown orders, Dr. Collins and noted theologian N.T. Wright participated in a joint interview. Once again, Dr. Collins praised the efficacy of what are considered by the Communist News Network's own resident medical expert, a Dr. Leanna Wynn, who actually stated in December 2021 appearance, don't wear a cloth mask. She said that the cloth mask touted by every snake oil salesman in government, she didn't use snake oils, that's my word, and apparently now every Christian leadership Cloth masks are little more than facial decorations. Can you see now how the dam is breaking on containing the truth? But, my friends, the damage has been done. And we'll get to the true damage here in a bit. Back to Dr. Collins, though. He and that noted theologian, N.T. Wright, in this joint interview, warned against conspiracy theories. They mocked, they literally mocked churches that continued to hold in-person services. All throughout the time, Dr. Collins was bringing this message to men and women of faith all over the country through the use of the pastors and ministers, the message of God is calling on Christians to do the right thing, meaning what the government wanted them to do, not God's will, but government's will. My pastor recently touched on some of this during my church's recent revival these past few days. I'm taking it a step further, though. None of these faith leaders ever thought to question Dr. Collins or thought about the obviously stark difference between God's will and government's will. Why didn't they question Dr. Collins? Because of people like Dean Stetzer of the Billy Graham Center and Pastor Rick Warren and theologian N.T. Wright passed him off to the faithful as a man we could trust. But it doesn't appear, at least from the outside looking in, that these Christian leaders looked at his verifiable record, though. If they were to go by that, it is strange indeed that he would be chosen as the representative to spread the government's COVID messaging to theologically conservative congregations. Nearly all of Dr. Collins' public positions are no different from radical left-wing bureaucrats. 
There's much more to that article, and even though it is behind a paywall, I would encourage you all to read it. The article is titled, How the Federal Government Used Evangelical Leaders to Spread COVID Propaganda to Churches. It was written by Megan Basham, and it's in the opinion section of DailyWire.com. But now we get to the meat of what I'm driving at here. Going back to the original question about why is church attendance down, and will it ever return to pre-pandemic levels? Is it fear that is keeping people from attending in-person worship at church? Oh, absolutely. And those flames of fear were fanned by the people at the helm of our government. Is it fear that is keeping them from returning? Maybe partly. Also partly because their spiritual rhythm was broken. What else, though, is keeping people from returning to church? Maybe, just maybe, they lost confidence in or trust in many of the Christian faith leaders. Like the ones I discussed here today, they lost their trust in them. They cannot believe those same people can ensure that in the future, the church is supposed to be a place of sanctuary when storms of this magnitude hit our shores again. These Christian leaders lie to them on behalf of the government in order to obtain compliance. You know, I'm excited that our church recently went through revival. Our pastor has and continues to provide sound Christian leadership in a world full of death, darkness, and disease. And the disease has reached into the walls of many churches in our nation and has corrupted them from the inside out. I believe the entire church in our nation needs a revival. Every church should identify and cast out these false teachers. Then the real work can begin to restore people's spiritual rhythm. If the rhythm was broken because of losing trust in church leadership, it will be harder to restore than just opening the doors to the church buildings again. I have often said that trust is like a mirror. You can break a mirror and put it back together again so it functions like a mirror, but those cracks will always be visible. It will take effort to restore true vision and a true reflection of the church in the people's minds. As we always close the show here, I would like to leave you with this from God's Word. And it comes to us from 2 Peter 2.1. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Need I expand on that anymore? That is exactly what happened over the course of this pandemic. All of it, every single bit of it, enabled and encouraged by our own government. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.